0: It's time for you to add value. Today's guest, Laban Ditchburn, as a child was badly affected by divorce and dysfunction. Laban sought validation and escapism in all the wrong places. But through self-discovery, not being afraid to ask for help and a ton of hard work, he conquered the full gamut of addictions, alcohol, sex, gambling, drugs, and negative self-talk. Today, he defines the word transformation, reshaping his body, By swapping 60 pounds of body fat with 30 pounds of muscle and bone and he discovered a simple cure for his incurable autoimmune disease in the process now physically mentally spiritually and emotionally in charge of his own destiny laban's journey continues to inspire those ready to change their lives known affectionately as the world's best courage coach laban shares his life in mexico with his smoking hot fiance the bravest person in he knows and the future mother of their children. Laban and I have a great conversation about dealing with addiction, negative self-talk, and how basically reshaping his thought life, things going on between his ears, changed his entire destiny. Laban, thank you so much for being willing to come on the show today. I'm just excited to meet you and uh, looking forward to a great conversation.
1: Robert Peterson, thank you very much for having me on Add Value to Life. What a great Great name for a podcast. What a great individual you are. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast already, get on there, subscribe. Give it a rating as well. That really helps get this message out to people that need to hear it. So well on to you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for that. So obviously you share that you've had this troubled story. So I guess we need to start at the heart of, heart of your troubles.
1: The low point of what can only be described as the last – rock bottom that I wanted to bounce on, was six and a half years ago, Rob, when I found myself gambling on a horse race in a country that I wasn't in, spending money that wasn't mine. And I had this sort of epiphanous moment where I went, the life that I imagined for myself as a young man is not the life that I'm experiencing. And in that moment, in the bottom left-hand corner of the laptop screen was a phone number. And I'd been on this this website countless times before, and I'd never seen this number. And instinctively, I just grabbed my cell phone and I called this number, and it was the number for the Gambler's Helpline. And this woman whose last name I'll never really know, but I'm going to call her Magdalene because her first name was Mary. And she was my guardian angel, whether she liked it or not. And she spoke to me about the incredibly high rates of suicide that problem gamblers experience versus all the other Uh, addictive behaviors and escapism behaviors out there and that put the fear of God into me and I and I sought help and she put me in touch with a gambling psychologist for a year and a half for free which was paid for by the the taxes from gambling losses and it was the first time I ever got a decent collect on my investment and in the very first session with with Lee the psychologist she spoke to me and asked me some questions about my mum, and I broke down and I and I just wailed and I and I wept and released this huge burden of tyranny and knowledge and guilt and shame that I'd been carrying around for a long time, putting on a brave face, being a functional member of society. I had great friends. I used to post birthday messages on people's social media and, you know, I was a, I was a, a good person or so I thought. And I... And I didn't love who I was. And I was treating myself like someone that I didn't care about. And that started my journey of health and discovery and reclaiming my power. And I'm very proud to stand before you to to share that I've been stone cold sober from alcohol for five and a half years. It's longer for gambling and philandering and negative self-talk and limiting beliefs. And I put an autoimmune disease into full remission. I lost 60 pounds of body fat. I put on 30 pound of muscle, met the person of my dreams and started ultra distance running completely out of the blue and adopted an all meat diet to fix my autoimmune stuff. So, and here I am very proud to stand before you today, Rob.
0: Well, that's, that's, that was a lot in there, right? I mean, obviously (laughs) just, just, I mean, for people that haven't made that kind of turnaround, right? That, that kind of transformation all, all at once, that, that can be overwhelming, right? It can sound, you know, unbelievable in in fact and so let's let's just start with the the negative self-talk let's just start there how how did you turn that around
1: the and and i will preface that by saying that the the whole journey took me really four four three and a half four years and and longer for some other parts but the core of it really took that four-year period the negative self-talk I became a ferocious learner, Robert, and, I, and I've consumed over 500 books in the last four and a half years. And they've all been on self-development and how to meet women and, and how to improve my life. And when you read enough books from people like Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and all these amazing people, the, the, the themes are reoccurring about treating yourself like someone you really care about. The, the really important thing about negative self-talk is that when you stop using it about yourself, it allows you to dial in to the people in your life and to see how they are talking about themselves and other people. And it's a really good barometer to see the caliber individuals you have in your life. Mm. What it showed me was that I had some really interesting characters in my life that weren't serving me very well. (laughs) And that's not that they are bad people. They're just on a different journey to me. And so I've become... Ruthless in setting very clear boundaries about who I allow in my life, and that includes family members, mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. People that ordinarily the thought of cutting someone out of your life is oh they I can't do that they're my family. When in reality it's the one thing that you need to do in order for them to help themselves.
0: Yeah, so that that level of self care, obviously being willing to recognize that this relationship is not serving me and creating a boundary that says, I, I need to separate myself from these relationships because they're not in alignment with the man I'm becoming. Um, that's not just a powerful message to yourself and, of course, a difficult message to your family or friends that have been around, but it's a super powerful message to the universe, right? Which you mentioned at the beginning, attracting the woman of your dreams into your life. And I think that happens because you make these personal decisions to become the man worthy of having the woman of your dreams.
1: Spot on and and a very clear distinction that people need to know. The side effect, the byproduct of setting very specific boundaries for you, and it applies both ways as well, it's not like it's all one-sided, is that it's allowed the people that are supposed to come back into my life to flood back into my life. Mm-hmm. And the relationship that I, that I had with my mother, which was estranged for a very, very long time, is now the closest we've ever been. And she's, she even said to me recently, she said, son, I'm so proud of you words that i've not ever heard from her mouth before and she grew up in a very very challenging environment and i just realized that my parents are just grown-up version of kids and that they did the best they could with the tools they had available and i just should be grateful for the gift of life you know let alone what they did to me you know all the stuff that i've endured has now become my superpower and my fuel and so i'm super grateful
0: well and and obviously, that transformation starts right, right with you, right. Even though you had this messed up childhood, you had, you know, you had plenty of excuses, right? Plenty of people to blame, plenty of people, plenty of ways to say, "Oh, I, look, I was a victim. I got this to prove it. I got this to prove I was a victim." Um, and yet, it was your own guilt and shame that that helped you recognize um, that the problem was inside you.
1: And here's something that people may not be aware of, but you need to be. When you go around telling people about all the the bad stuff that happened to you, 90% of people don't care and 10% they're glad it's
0: happening to you. You are absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, and, and that, that just goes to very few people want to lean into someone's mess. Right? Like, Pastors, psychologists—there's a few people that, and even even some of them really avoid <laughs> leaning into the mess in a real way. Um, but we know our coworkers, right? Our coworkers ask us, "Hey, how you doing?" and they expect you to say, "Oh, I'm great," right? Like, "Oh, I had a great weekend," right? They they don't expect you to dump your garbage onto their desk <laughs> when they ask you. Uh, but it's the real relationships that, when that person legitimately asks you, "Laban, how are you doing?" And they really want to know. Those are the people that you need to to surround yourself with, right? Those are the people that are, you know, quote unquote, in your corner to use a fight term, right? Um, And so that how did that transformation, you know, from the inside out start? How did how did Laban take responsibility for his life?
1: Well, the, 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 to focus on what you were just saying there, and it's really important as well, is I found myself with the gambling psychologist, someone who was willing to listen without judgment. And the, the one conversation she spoke to me about escaping, escapism behaviour developed as the result of a dysfunctional childhood. And I, was, I said, what do you mean by that? coping mechanisms that children develop as a result of growing up in a less than nurturing environment, which is a fancy word for trauma. And if you read any Melody Beatty's work or or Pia Melody, any one of these, you know, facing codependency books, they talk about this all the time. For me, Robert, it was nothing more innocuous than being a child of divorce. Hmm. And People diminish their own experience because, oh, I was just a child of divorce. There's children that are being sexually abused. There's children that are adopted or abandoned or burnt or, you know, some, some horrible thing. And the, the science behind trauma is very clear. They did studies on children in, uh, from the Syrian war. They did MRI scans on their brain, and, and they had damage, physical damage to the brain as the result of trauma. Right, nothing to do with the bomb blast or any of that stuff, and they had children in the West and North America that had been sexually abused, and the damage to the brain was was almost identical. Mm-hmm. And what that that taught me was that you cannot diminish someone's experience of trauma because we all receive it differently.
0: Well, you but mentioned the, there you can't diminish your own.
1: Spot on, yeah.
0: Right, because you're comparing yourself to oh, those kids were sexually abused. I, I was never sexually abused. Or, or those kids have, you know, those kids have lost limbs because of hunger or because, of, but, but the brain receives those traumas in exactly the same way. And so your brain can have that same kind of hurt that needs healed in spite of your trauma being so-called less, less significant, right? Less important, but it doesn't diminish the fact that you need to heal.
1: Spot on. And Comparing ourselves to anyone else apart from the person we were the day before is a slippery slide to disasterville. In any form, right? Like In any form.
0: For entrepreneurs comparing themselves <laughs> yeah. to Tony Robbins or, you know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, like, oh, I can never get there. So there's no sense in getting halfway there.
1: Bingo. I wonder who Elon Musk compares himself to, right? Like he'll be, he'll be doing, oh, I should be like Einstein or, you know, someone, it'll just never stop. So it's just, it's a frivolous exercise.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, and even if you did measure up, right, you can't, you, you can't keep passing them. Right. And so the only person you can be better than today is, is yourself tomorrow. Right. And so, so let's, yeah, let's focus on, it's a, it's an it's a you and you game.
1: Yahtzee, you're exactly right. Exactly right.
0: <laughs> so so let's talk about these obviously ferocious learning, you've you've taken on this responsibility for yourself, right? I'm gonna be I'm one hundred percent responsible for Laban's problems, no matter whether they were created by me or not.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, I didn't finish didn't finish the question that you asked me, did I? So what it was in in the most simplistic f- terms I can explain is I decided to take ownership of everything that had happened to me. Hmm. And when you when you take back ownership of what happened to you, you take back the power. And when you take back the power, it's like taking back the steering wheel. You regain control of your life again. And people can't hold it against you, especially when you share it in a way that I do now, which is totally unabashed. And you know what people think of me is none of my business. And yes, that's a work in progress, but I'm getting damn good at it and people throwing what i've done in my face when it's already right there in black and white in in my book in raw detail in a way that i hadn't seen written anywhere ever before uh there's not a lot people can do to to undermine me in my in my path and my journey towards achieving what i want to achieve
0: well that and it's just so powerful right when when i work with entrepreneurs that have a grudge or have an issue with somebody that hurt them or somebody that did something to them. I talk about it as if you've allowed that person to have a, a cord wrapped around your heart. And when you don't realize it, they're pulling that string on your heart because you're allowing them to. And it's impacting the decisions you're making. It's impacting the choices that you're making in your business. And it's impacting the, the, your ability to grow as a person. And until you take control and you cut those strings to let that let that person go. And and I love that you're just being authentic, right? Put your authentic self out there and and then nobody can use any of the story against you as if, right? Like, well, they're gossiping about Laban and he did this and he did that. And Laban's like, Yep, I did all that. <laughs> that, and I- that was me. And <laughs> and and, and first, I'm not that person anymore. So sorry for anybody that I hurt or offended when I was that person, but I got to take responsibility for me and I'm not letting any of that crap hold me back.
1: I've uh, done, I've done a lot of apologizing and I, um, a recent example of that is I had my oldest half brother, my youngest half sister from different parents, and, a, and an estranged auntie who I, who I hadn't spoken to for three years, 18 months and three years, respectively. I I wanted to invite them to the book launch. I, I wanted to give them the opportunity to share in an event, which is a really a, an unusual event in our family. There's not a lot of academic success or anything of any sort of significance. And this was a, a proud moment to share. And I wanted to give them the option of of turning up so i sent all three of them basically the same message but with their names changed saying i'm sorry for what i've said in the past that's caused you know a divide in this relationship and life's too short and i've got this book coming up i'd love for you to to be involved if you would like to do so all three of them responded none of them apologized back and and i got really angry and then my darling anna said, you made that conditional. So I had to send another apology message saying, I sent that with conditions strapped to it. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And I got I got an apology from my older brother. I don't think he turned up to the book launch, but my younger sister turned up to the book launch, and the estranged auntie, well, she's just nuts anyway, right? So she misses out. But But it was a great lesson in the power of forgiveness and really – what am I trying to do? Because you at least, you know, as challenging as that was, it's it's freed me of that tether of the tyranny being tied to that person and constantly thinking about that that experience. You know, some people just choose to remain in, in a state of victimhood, which is not anything that I can bear around. I find it depletes my energy super quick. And just because they're family. You know, it doesn't mean you need to spend time with them or be besties with them, but I've I'm proud of being the bigger man on that or or woman in some cases. And uh, but I think it's a great lesson for anyone, you know, thinking about forgiving someone. What's the reason for doing it? We do it we do it really for ourselves rather than anyone else.
0: Well, and, and forgiveness doesn't let them off the hook, right? Forgiveness that, that you're giving them is I'm taking back control of my heart. And regardless of your behavior for or against this, right, regardless of you accept my apology or you do anything else or you change anything, it doesn't matter what you do. My heart is letting go. That's huge power. And I love that, that Anna spoke into your life and said, you made that conditional, which means (laughs) it wasn't forgiveness. (laughs) But that's a powerful recognition, right? And, And good for you to be accountable to, your partner and in that and say oh you're right (laughs) you you got me and now i gotta i gotta keep making it right
1: well i I, it's important robert because i've declared something in the last four or five months which former guest chris doris helped me come to a realization and and it's this i am the world's best courage coach And, and and that's nothing to do with ego. That is a declaration that I make to myself every single day, Robert, to say how would the world's best courage coach conduct himself, and it helps me make these these brave decisions to send apology messages from people that deep down I n- know that they cause most of the problem. Right? I allowed I allowed some of the codependent behaviour, and I'm pro- I'm being a bit facetious, but. It's like how the world's best courage coach conduct himself. And, I, and I, it, it forces me out of my comfort zone every day because, you know, and, and there's enough room on the planet for all of us to be the world's best courage coach. But inherently people go towards what they are should be called towards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a question for you, Robert, if you're going to be the, if you're the best in the world at something, what would it be?
0: Mindset coaching.
1: So if you were to say to yourself out or say out loud, I'm the world's best mindset coach, how does that reverberate through your, your DNA when you say that out loud?
0: I'm the world's best mindset coach and it's getting easier and easier,
1: getting easier and easier. So I
0: strive, I strive for excellence. So my, my goal is to be excellent at, at what I do and what I present to the world. So,
1: and isn't that great. And people will want to deal with the world's best mindset coach and it's, there's no Olympic, category for mindset just yet so it's it's not tangible so people can't say well hang on a second you're not because so and so is well
0: there's it's no like, measure right what's the measuring no measure stick?
1: right <laughs> and and if we are encouraging more people to to take ownership of the world's best in their chosen niche right or niche depending on where you're in the world i think the world would be a much better place what do you reckon
0: oh i absolutely agree with you yeah i love i love the that you you've connected the the forgiveness with your daily choice to to be the world's best right and and i'm making these choices because i want to be the world's best and for me it's it's the same thing i want to bring excellence of my craft to the world i i want to develop the best relationships and and continue obviously that's a commitment to continued growth right like if Mindset coaching or courage coaching was an Olympic sport. How long would I practice? How long would I, you know, what would I be doing each day to to make myself better? And, uh, you know, my sister competed at the Olympic level here in the United States for her time right after college. and And the number of hours that she practiced, right, an Olympic athlete to become top two, top three in the country to make the Olympic team requires, you know, six to eight hours a day of practice right and how many of us practice our craft six to eight hours a day before we put ourselves out there right no wonder we're putting out all this stuff (laughs) and 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 i love that right start each day telling yourself i'm the world's best and then asking yourself what would the world's best do
1: how would how would how would you conduct yourself how would the world's best courage coach conduct himself Laban? And uh, what sport was your sister involved with, by the way? Uh, swimmer. Swimmer. So, man, swimming's even like, that's like the toughest of the tough, right? So so your, your observation of seeing her train all those years, right, gives you a really good indication. And I think when you make a declaration of calling yourself the world's best courage coach or whatever, insert your chosen niche, right, is that. When I come on a podcast or I'm in a webinar and people declare, they say, you know, we're, in many cases they'll say we're, we're lucky to have the world's best courage coach, Laban Ditchman. So people are reaffirming it back to me now. So my subconscious is taking it on. And it's like, oh, yep, okay, you are the world's best courage coach, Laban, and how, how would you conduct yourself? And I think it's a really fun thing to think about. Like we get one crack in this physical body. I believe we're internal spiritual beings inhabiting the body for a temporary period of time. So let's have some fun with it, right? Life is supposed to be enjoyed. We are the most productive and creative when we are happy and not worried about the tyranny of life. <laughs> have a bit of fun with it. Have, it, have it, Ask your partner or your wife or your husband or your kids, what am I the best in the world at? And get some feedback from people. And if you're drawing blank stairs, it's time to pull your finger out and start going towards something that you really enjoy. And there's three questions that you can ask yourself that will help if you don't mind me sharing these, Robert.
0: Absolutely not. What am I?
1: What am I world class at or really good at that other people find really challenging? What am I world class at or really good at that? And it could be it could be crochet or gin rummy or or baseball or singing or anything, any of that stuff, right? Second question is, what do people ask me for advice for? Because that's usually a good sign that you've got some some skills that, and that people are identifying that right. And, and and by the way, if you can't answer these questions straight away, that's okay. This is a good exercise to start thinking about it. The third question, I think, the most important: What sets your soul on fire? What do you do in your life that when you walk away from, you are levitating with joy? And if it's crack cocaine, <laughs> find. One thing better than that,
0: right? We, got, we have an 800 number. <laughs> it's right next to the gambler's number. We have the similar solutions. But if you
1: can answer those three questions, you, you are well on your way to figuring out your purpose in life. And then when someone asks you what you do for a living, like when they ask me, I say, I'm the world's best courage coach. And they go 99 times out of 100. They go, wow, what does that look like, right? <laughs> And there's the, maybe the odd person who just goes, "Huh," they're <laughs> not my person anyway. It's okay.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Well, I love I love the declaration, um, and and obviously, you know, you've transformed your life not just from gambling, but from other addictions. So let's let's talk about that process of reinventing yourself.
1: I I, I really truly feel that I'm I've stumbled across something pretty unique, Robert. And what I think that is is that I've been able to quash, kill, remove the desire to want to escape. Mm. So I don't desire the gambling or the drugs or the drink or the the mm. screwing around, the promiscuity. And... Not missing something makes it really easy to give up, right? It's like when you get hypnosis to give up cigarette smoking when you read Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking book, you know, like you just go, oh, just stop smoking. And and so that that's a really important distinction. That took a lot of work, though, and it took a lot of understanding what happened to me. So I decided to reverse engineer everything that I'd experienced growing up, the abandonment, the dysfunctional, uh, parents and you know that the inability to esteem themselves fully let alone their children talking about my parents mm. and and then I was like oh you know what they just like I said before they just did the best they could and and why should I waste any energy resenting them for what they do and what they did and how can I fix this and then I started to to heal myself mentally and then physically nutritionally and i and i as i started to heal my body and my gut my serotonin and my dopamine and my oxytocin started generating normal amounts i started exercising and when i'm not clouding my brain with with alcohol and drugs and and porn and negative stuff my body just started to function how it evolved to function Mm. and all of a sudden I ran, I ran five kilometers one one weekend, which is three miles for you guys in North America. And then I ran a marathon two weeks later, which is 26 miles. I'm not joking. In in three hours and 56. Then I ran a 50 kilometer, which is 30 miles, five weeks later, and then I completed a hundred kilometer, which is sixty miles eight weeks after that. And and my body was just humming it was it was healing and it allowed my mental health to heal as well Mm. and it was all synergistic and it was just everything was was fizzing on all gears you know and uh, don't get me wrong like life still has its challenges and you know i'm still constantly growing and i still make mistakes and i still fly off the handle at certain things from time to time uh and it would be remiss of me not to to share that with people because I am a deeply flawed human being, right? And that's not negative self talk. That is simply what we are, right?
0: Right. Well, you mentioned before, right? We are we are spiritual beings in a physical body, gifted with an intellect and and the ability to to take care of ourselves. And there's obviously so much power in honoring your body's natural rhythm, right? And and figuring out, you know. What's good, what what the body needs for fuel, and and what the body needs for for sleep, we are, we are at least in our, in America, the United States, we're programmed from a pretty young age that food or, to be emotional leaders, right? Menus and and order food or buy food on what's going to make us feel good, rather than what's going to make our operate our body operate, at, you know, at its optimum capacity and so that's a big transition for a lot of people um, to see the body and and fuel it the way it was designed to be fueled
1: well i for people that are curious to know like the 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 simple thing for me i had an autoimmune disease called GERD which is short for gastrointestinal reflux disorder very common it's basically chronic heartburn or reflux disorder Mm. right Developed at nineteen, was on medication for seventeen years. Twenty different doctors all said the same bull: you've got a genetic disorder, nothing you can do about it. Right now, I fixed mine by eliminating carbohydrate or refined carbohydrates out of my diet—bread and pasta and wheat products initially—and then I started removing more and more garbage out of my diet, like um, vegetable and seed oil things like canola and rice bran and soy bean and these these refined seed oils, which are scientifically now they are figuring out that they are way worse than sh- what sugar is and for a litany of reasons which we can talk about in another podcast but if you remove all of that gunk out of your diet and allow your body to to function as it's evolved to f- function like you must know that like 90 percent nearly of, of the dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin that our body generates is generated in our gut And most of the autoimmune diseases like arthritis, Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, uh, even like acne are a sign that you've got some gut health issues and anxiety and depression are largely gut health related in many Mm. cases, right? And as soon as people understand the power of that, like sort your diet out and watch the rest of your life sort of transform in front of your eyes. And I'm not saying it's it's one thing specifically. It's a holistic approach you got to take. But if you're drinking three glasses of wine a night, you're eating, you know, a box of Cocoa Pops for dessert, which I have done this in the past, by the way, you know, and Krispy Kreme donuts, and you're miserable and you want to take your own life, well, maybe it's your body saying, stop punishing me. I want to end myself, right? It's not what I'm supposed to be eating. Eat a good steak, cut out the crap, and you'll feel like a million bucks. <laughs>
0: it's and it and it absolutely allows your body to produce those chemicals in the proper way that that send your brain the positive messages and reinforce the positive messages that your brain is trying you're you're trying to train yourself to have and and yeah the body and the body and spirit and mind become aligned
1: spot on and 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 uh no one's coming to save you no one is coming to save you which i think If more people realize that, they would do something about it faster.
0: Or your business. Or or
1: your business in any area of your life. Yes, you'll have people that care about you, and yes, they'll enable you and stuff in certain areas, but it's up to us to take ownership, to sort our own demons out. Mm. And and the beautiful thing about it, Robert, is that when you go through all this stuff, then you have a wonderful story to share, and you will inspire and empower other people to do good. And then, then you'll start getting emails and text messages and, and feedback from people saying, Mr. Ditchburn, that that comment that you made that time three years ago impacted me dramatically and this is what I've done with my life. And you go, oh, wow, well, I don't even remember that, but, like, this is cool, in the same way that it happened to me when I was going through my transformation. So you've kind of got an obligation now to to be good, <laughs> to inspire other people. What do you think about that, Rob?
0: I- obviously we're you and i are speaking the same language and <laughs> and we're 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 floating on the same vibrations so love love that we will be right back after this short break this episode is sponsored by add value to life coaching want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast well you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com add value mindset.com welcome back let's get back to more greatness so you made a commitment to to yourself let's talk about the power of your self-talk and that inner transformation
1: if you ever find me saying anything negative about myself this this goes to anyone hearing this as well if you catch me in public and i'm not talking about finding a some recording of me doing stand-up comedy seven years ago, which was diabolical, by the way. <laughs> As in terms of the negative self-talk another, another and the self.
0: Another place to apologise.
1: <laughs> right, you know, thinking that I was being funny by by belittling myself. Uh, I'll pay you a hundred US dollars, and the reason that I'm so stringent on that and disciplined for myself is people don't understand the power of our words. Mm. And in New Zealand and Australia and in the United Kingdom, especially, self-deprecating humour is considered a a viable form of comedy. It, it does exist in in other parts of the world, but it's more prolific. And they, it's like this endearing language that we've adopted. And I don't, I don't know where it came from, but you know, if you say that I'm if if you say I'm useless at this or I'm no good at that trying to, you know, belittle your ability, even though you know you're good at it, you'll think that people are not going to think you're egotistical or arrogant. And in reality, all you do is attract like-minded people that think it's acceptable to talk poorly of yourself and you'll be kicking around with the wrong crowd. The real, the elite performers in this world, the, the, the top of the tree, like the people that used to train with your sister, and compete against your sister they would never talk about themselves or talk about their inability to swim a 50-yard butterfly and say oh, i'm terrible at that very and and certainly not the top performers and uh, i'm not saying people are perfect at this stuff but but why why even take the chance that there's something vibrationally that's gonna that's gonna throw you off center you know being being in this life robert is as you have experienced being an entrepreneur is incredibly challenging at times we want to give ourselves as many opportunities to succeed as possible and you do that by being very clear in your out in your goals and your in your direction that you want to go and by surrounding yourself with people that are going to fill your cup and lift you up and you've heard this quote a thousand times before that a rising tide lifts all boats
0: and seth godin would say if only we were all boats
1: If only we were all boats <laughs>
0: I think one of the places um, that I as a father started to recognize I think self-deprecating humor and sarcasm kind of are cut from the same cloth and and I think one of the things you know our kids at 16 get their driver's license and and when people start talking about this teenager having this driver's license that's you know oh no get off the sidewalks and oh no watch out oh hide your car you know, all these all these kinds of comments. And I realized, no, I'm telling my kids, you are going to be an amazing driver. You are doing fantastic. I don't expect you to get in an accident because all these other kids are going to get in accidents. And and I I made an intentional choice to, to not allow that negative talk into my kids' driving ability and and recognizing the the sarcasm and the so-called joke, right? The, the joke we say that, Oh, it sounds good. Everybody will giggle. And, and all we're doing is lowering the vibration. And you know what? My kids are terrible drivers and uh, sure enough, they got in a crash. It's like, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You planted the seed. You, you made your kids crash because you expected them to crash. And so, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate the cutting the self-deprecation out for sure, right Cutting the negative self-talk. I love that you're willing to give anybody $100 dollars if they catch you. Uh, my wife would get rich pretty fast still. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. When it comes to technology, there's a few places where I get, um, I get down on myself. Um, but the well, power if- of our words and, and of course the power of our words in relationship is so important to take responsibility for well here's
1: something that might help right and let's let's hit people in the hip pocket we i i have a, a mastermind group called world's best and it's it's co-founded and co uh run with my amazing business partner evans putman Now we have a ten dollar us fine in the meeting which is one three-hour meeting once a month for any self negative self-talk and it goes to a predetermined charitable organization. Now even wealthy people don't want to give up 10 bucks, <laughs> right? And if you're coughing up 30, 40 bucks, you, it hurts. So set up a swear jar in your home. And, and Jack Canfield gave me this advice. He said, "Set up a swear jar, and instead of swearing, you put it up for self-negative self-talk. It's fun to catch other family members out if you're all in agreeance you can have a bit of fun with it and you can use the money to go on a family trip or something like that. But hopefully there won't be a lot in there because it only takes 30 days to, to, have it form. And then all of a sudden you realize how uplifting the conversation is. And then you'll notice the people that are the negative people you'll go, Ooh, I don't want to be around that. Anyone that studied or knows anything about quantum mechanics and quantum physics What we are learning about the universe and how we operate it at vibrational frequencies is beyond any shadow of any doubt, right? Like, and you're spot on, Robert. We are operating, and people that are doing well in life are operating at a high vibrational frequency, and we do get knocked down from time to time when we allow ourselves to slip. Don't get me wrong, but if you can maintain being up there for the majority of the time, your life will be a daily effing miracle,
0: I love that daily miracle
1: who that's, that's how it's what my life is right now a daily miracle I, I, I there's things that happen in my life in a week that some people have never experienced in their entire lives and I'm and again I'm not saying that to gloat or to brag I've worked really hard and I surround myself with extraordinary people and I've become a person that I know can add a lot of value to people's lives because of all the work I've done and so that other High-vibrating people will want to be around me.
0: So let's talk about that—the power of those connections, the power of, of intentional relationship.
1: This is a, a very fun subject for me to talk about. What do you want to know specifically? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let, let's just talk about the benefits of of changing those relationships, of of being involved with, you know, of high-vibrational high people.
1: So I had a an experience last year. This is where the world's best courage coach came from. There's a gentleman by the name of Steve Hardison. For those who've never heard of Steve Hardison, he's a bit of an enigma. He's just had a book written about him from his wife, Amy Hardison, called The Ultimate Coach. Steve Hardison is a devout Mormon guy based in Mesa, Arizona, who's an executive coach for lack of a better word, but he's more, much more than that. He is if you were to work with them, it's 200,000 US dollars for 50 hours coaching, right? And that will shock a lot of people hearing this. But there's a video that exists on YouTube, and I'd love for you to post this in the, in the show notes, Robert. Absolutely. And it's, it's about a story about Deuce Latouille, who's an NFL footballer. It's a two hour and 10 minute long YouTube video that is DNA alteringly good. And it, it, if you get 1% of the value I got from watching it, it's worth it. I was so moved by, this, by watching this man in action that I was propelled by the universe to want to be in the presence of this man. And I'm a very resourceful individual. And I got his phone number and I called this guy and he picked up the phone, Robert. and He goes, Alan, Alan Thompson, so good to hear from you. Now, he confused me with his friend who researched the book who lives in Australia Alan Thompson, who since became a good friend of mine. And I said to him, Steve, it's not Alan, it's Laban. Uh, I'm calling from Melbourne, Australia at the time. He said, Laban, I've been waiting for this call all my life. So great to hear from you, buddy. Wow. You know, like who answers the phone like that for starters, right? And I would encourage you to try doing that and watch what happens in your life. I said, Steve, I said, I just watched this, this Deuce Latouille video on YouTube with you and, and, and Chris Doris. And I said, I just needed to see that if what I experienced is, is real life. And I said, I've got one very specific question to ask you, which is really good when you're dealing with like high profile people because they, they want you to get to the point, right? And he said, sure, then what's that? I said, what do you need help with? Because I had nothing to offer this guy, right? Nothing. I just had it. What an excuse to talk to him. What can I offer him, right? And he goes, Laban, he said, Thank you so much for, for thinking to ask me that. He said, You know what? I'm 10%. He's 60 years old, by the way. I'm 10% body fat. I run 10 miles a day. I've got all everything I could possibly ever want. A loving family. But I really appreciate you asking that. And I said, Yeah, no worries, Steve. Now, Steve Hardison, up until recently was an enigma. There was only one video of him that existed anywhere. He doesn't record any of his sessions, he never goes on podcast, never goes on TV. Like he coaches Oprah Winfrey's coach, right? Like that's that's the caliber that he's up up doing now. And I said, Stevie, you're still not doing podcasts? And he goes, that's right, Laban. I said, oh, look, no worries. Because, you know, I've got a – I'm a speaker and I'm a coach and I've got a podcast series, you know, and I'm well on my way to becoming the world's most positively influential speaker – But someone that I know and trust said, you know what, Laban, there's a bit much ego in that statement. And he goes, Laban, yells at me down the phone. He goes, you tell that person to fuck off. (laughs) He goes, do you know who I am? And I said, who are you, Steve? He goes, I'm the best coach in the world. And I said, I was getting evangelical at this point. I said, yes, you are, Steve. Yes, you are. And if you heard the man, it doesn't come from any ego whatsoever. Right? It comes from a place of pure love. And if you see this guy in action, you know what I'm talking about. And what transpired with that phone call flowed onto this other conversation with someone that has been coached by Steve, this Chris Doris guy, former guest on your show. And we came up with the world's best courage coach. And for me to drum up business, this was what I had to do. I had to call the CEOs of the biggest organizations on the planet and say this line hi, it's Laban from Melbourne, Australia here. And they would say, oh, hi, Laban, have we spoken before? And I'd say, we've never spoken before, but today's your lucky day. And they'd say, oh, why is it my lucky day, Laban? And I'd say this, Robert, because I'm the world's best courage coach and I teach your people to take bold, massive and courageous action like the call I just made to you right now to facilitate miraculous outcomes. And what transpired with one of those conversations with the CEO of a massive real estate company in Australia, he invited me to pitch a week later for some training and coaching that this huge organization had. And I had the CEO of this company out of his seat at one point, yelling at the top of his lungs, I'm the best real estate CEO in the world. (laughs) And, and the reason I wanted to share that story with you is that this is the the power of taking massive action and being in in the stratosphere in the in the realm of these people that can facilitate their own miraculous outcomes. And the more time you can spend around people who can inspire that within you, your life, I promise you, will transform in front of your eyes, and and you will be achieving more in in one afternoon than you have in your entire life prior to that and what's happened as a result of that robert is this has inspired a movement of people that are now adopting i'm the world's best in in my chosen niche right and and we're we're rising those boats we're all being boats and -hmm. that's why i asked you about being you know the world's best mindset
0: coach absolutely i i think it's fantastic so you mentioned you mentioned your podcast, you mentioned your book. Uh, what's been the impact of hosting a podcast of being an author?
1: The podcast came out of the tyranny of lockdown and 10 episodes in I reached out to and got Les Brown on the show. Now, for those who don't know Les Brown, he's largely regarded as the greatest motivational speaker living or dead. Nobody moment.
0: that's listening to this podcast doesn't know who Les Brown is.
1: <laughs> well, I did a presentation to a bank in 2021. No one had heard of Zig Ziglar, uh, Les Brown, Brene Brown, or David Goggins. So I'm just uh, covering all my bases here, right? <laughs> There's no hope for these people. <laughs> and he he came on the podcast and 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 I had this recorded in the raw footage and I asked him what he thought of the name of the show which which is called Become Your Own Superhero very soon to be rebranded as World's Best. He absolutely nailed what I hoped anyone would ever think when they heard the name Become Your Own Superhero. And and I was so endeared to this man Robert that I verbally diarrheed my story of transformation to him. And he, he listened with the patience of a saint. And unbeknownst to me at the time, he had gone through a drug addiction, a, a pharmaceutical drug addiction that a doctor had put him on after mm. him going through prostate cancer a couple of times. And he, he cold turkeyed off this thing, right? Mm. So whatever I said resonated with him in a way that uh, caused you know a bond. And he listened intently and he let me finish. And he said, congratulations, Laban. This is before we started the podcast, right? <laughs> he said, do you have a book? And I went, no. Never finished high school, never went to university. He said, Laban, if you're going to be a speaker, you need a book for credibility. And then he said, who was the most influential person in your life when you were five? And I thought about it for a minute. I like, oh, is it my grandma? Uh, nah. Despite her many, 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 many flaws, it'd be my darling mother. And he said, what attributes did you get from your mum? First time I'd really thought about this question for a long time. And I was like, oh, man, she was tenacious and unconditionally loving and spiritual, and I found some really great attributes from her. And he's writing this down, Robert. He looks up at me, looks at Cox's head to one side, and he says, Laban, this is a God moment. He said, I'm going to show you how to monetize your passion. And for the next 10 minutes, Les Brown who had just been paid $400,000 a day earlier to attend a virtual event, came on my podcast for free and read back to me the blueprint for this book that he wanted me to write. Bet on you. He said, Laban, you're going to write the book. You're going to turn the book into a keynote. You're going to turn the keynote into a three-day retreat. And even if you muck this up, you're going to make 200000 in the next 12 months. And then he said, Robert, he said, I'm going to write the forward for your book. And this was in mid-May 2020. And I said, Les, if you're going to write the foreword to my book, I'll have this book to you by June 30. And in six weeks during the strictest lockdowns in Australia, I punched out 30,000 words of the first draft, bet on you, channeled by a being far greater than I'll ever comprehend, delivered it to his inbox, 8.30 p.m. on June 30. And then over the next year and a bit, we got the book published and it was released uh, late in 2021 and has transformed my life in the process and was one of the most cathartic experiences I've ever ever experienced.
0: <laughs> man, there's so much good in there. Just, just just reaching out to Les Brown and saying, "Hey, dude, I got a podcast. Do you want to be on it?" I mean that that the power in that is is obviously well, that that was transformational even before you recorded a podcast. so man, incredible. And then of course, obviously writing a book and, and, and having less be willing to, to say, Hey, I'll do the forward for you and share the story. Um, that's fantastic.
1: Well, not even, not even did he just write the forward, he actually came onto the virtual book launch and co-facilitated, and then asked if I would appear on his show. He does a Facebook live and interviewed me the very next day. He's got 1.9 million followers on that, on that channel and, and, uh, interview me on that show and and i achieved in 24 hours a dream a dream it it was it's still my head still spinning and you know people don't know me that are listening to this not yet but i'm not a well-known individual yet i'm not a a, an olympic champion or have achieved you know i wasn't a famous movie star or anything yet But, but you are
0: the world's best courage coach
1: but I'm the world's best courage coach, and when you, when you conduct yourself in that manner, people want to help you. And uh, I practice about as much gratitude as is humanly possible to to remain grounded, and, and, uh, and I love sharing this in the hope that it will inspire other people to go and to do magical things because we all have it within, it, within it within us, Robert. And as soon as people realize their greatness, wow, just everything un- unfolds.
0: But we have it within us because of that spirit that you said flows through us, and 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 when you tap into that, the opportunities are limitless, because that greatness is is all around us, and and wants us to excel and wants us to be the world's best. We were created to be the world's best.
1: Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> we we re, whatever your religious beliefs or. And I, so I, don't, I don't really identify with any particular, but I've become very, very spiritual. And I, uh, it, it is naive to think that we are alone on this planet. I think, <laughs> you know, they did a study on people on their deathbeds, and I think 100% of people prayed for, to something, you know, for forgiveness <laughs> or so just, just in case.
0: Just in case, absolutely. In case. So let's talk a little bit about routine. How, how have routines helped you over this last year um, in, in building your business?
1: So it's a great question, and uh, you know one of the many side effects of being locked down in Melbourne, in Australia, where we were. We've moved now to Mexico, but uh, we had the, the strictest lockdowns in the world, and we had we had uh, curfew from nine pm till five am for a large part of the lockdown. We had a five kilometre or three mile radius that we could only stay within, right, and so i i'm a i haven't done it as much recently because uh, it's really hot in mexico but i i'm a I would run every day I would run and that that would that's my catharsis uh you know you've got to find your thing right but the exercise got my body moving it burned off the cortisol it it developed you know releasing serotonin and oxytocin and, and dopamine and 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 there's a great quote from a guy, Keith, uh, what's his last name, uh, in Australia. The name will come to me in a second. And he says, when the why becomes clear, the how becomes easy. When the why becomes clear, the how becomes And I'm very clear. I'm well on my way to becoming the world's most positively influential speaker. That's my, that's my purpose. That's my goal, right? And, and I do that as the world's best courage coach. And then I have a number of other goals that that are shorter and medium and long term, and and I use it. I used it to meet my fiance. We used it to find our amazing apartment here in in, uh, in Mexico. You know, anything we need in life, we put it down on paper. We make it very clear to the universe what we want, only what we do want, not what we don't want. Very clear distinction, and. Uh, I, you know what, there's, there's lots of ways that I can improve my life. My, you know, my business is still building and there's lots of areas of my life that I could still enhance and I'm constantly working and surrounding myself with people that have done that part so that I can then learn off them. So, you know, Laban, that Laban guy's got it all together. I mean, there's days where I go, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but, but for the most part, I can just dial back in, okay, what are we trying to achieve here? And then I go, bing, bang, bong. And I'm back focused again, you know,
0: I would say that the little bit of David Gog is in you. When you mentioned ultra marathons, that's, that's the place where I go, Whoa, he's off the end of the map.
1: <laughs> for those who haven't, haven't listened to any David Goggins, he's, he's solely responsible for getting to me into ultra marathon running. It is. Can't hurt me. Listen to it on audible. Don't do it. If you're in a weak, vulnerable mental state, <laughs> cause you will probably end yourself, but, um, He's an inspiring dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, anyone that wants to just you know wake up one day still overweight, eating donuts on his way to a 125 mile run, yeah, whatever, <laughs> and expect to survive.
1: And, so, and we and we talk about you know the rising tide lifts all boats. He's like, who's gonna
0: carry the boats? Who's gonna carry the boats? <laughs> Yeah. There's no tide. There's no water. (laughs) We still need to keep moving. Uh, Yeah. Wow. You mentioned gratitude as, as being grateful to keep yourself humble. What other ways has gratitude helped you?
1: It's an antidote to anxiety Mm. is how I've had it described to me. And, and I don't know whether people will identify with this, but and it, it oh, don't get me wrong when you're really angry at something and someone's really ticked you off and you're just losing it because your blood sugar's flying because usually you've eaten a bunch of ice cream or something and it's you're affecting your blood sugar levels that if you can if you can just be still and and be thankful for what you do have you know Anna and I left Australia under duress and for anyone that knows what's been going on over there to, for us to even get out of the country was miraculous and you know it wasn't wasn't a decision we took lightly and and uh, as liberating as it has been it's been incredibly challenging just upping and going like that and there's been moments where it's like what have we done you know we've left family behind and but then we just go back to the sim- simplicity of of do you know what i'm so grateful that we have our freedom. I'm so grateful that we're in a beautiful, we're in the Caribbean part of Mexico and play del Carmen. It is ridiculous. I have a giant iguana that lives in the tree across from us named, named Daryl. I think his name is or something. And uh, he looks like a, a dinosaur. You know, I'm like, I'm just grateful every day to be in this environment. I'm, I'm around some beautiful awake people here in, in this part of the world. Uh, and, like other people would give their left leg to be doing what i'm doing right now you know so i I have an obligation to be grateful for that
0: Mm, so good i think you know that vibrational frequency you talked about gratitude is the way to elevate your frequency even if it's just a little bit it's impossible to be at lower levels of vibration if you're truly grateful i think it it's the quickest remedy to to elevate your your vibration
1: yeah uh, can I share something really personal with Absolutely. our audience today? Because uh, I think this is um, this is really powerful, and, and uh, I have permission to share this. Anna and I have have endured the the heartbreak of fifteen consecutive miscarriages, hmm. right, including two ectopic pregnancies, one that nearly killed her in 2019, and uh, about two years ago, Anna revealed to me that as a young woman from 15 to 21, a stepfather was systematically abusing her. She grew up in Russia. <laughs> and, and no one knew about this. She'd never told anyone apart from one school friend when she was 15 that was too frightened to do anything about it. And it, and it, found, it was turned out that, that the miscarriages are a direct result of a botched, forced abortion that took place as a result of the assaults, right? Mm. And, and the reason I share that with people is not for pity or, or anything else is that my darling Anna has forgiven the perpetrator, right? I'm not joking. She has forgiven her mother for failing to protect. She's forgiven her biological father. And, and if she can forgive that, I, I've got no excuses for anything, right? And I think none of us have. She's freed herself of the tyranny. And don't get me wrong, you know, she's still got lots of work to do. And she's, she, because she's now opened up, she's inspiring women all around the world. And she's becoming a speaker and a coach as well. And, and by sharing her story, she's giving women, mainly women, the, the courage to share their own stories. This is prolific in society, right? And, and that's the gift that she now sees that she was given. He's not absolved of responsibility. And, and the reason... Uh, we, she went back to Russia early uh, last year, was to testify against him because the mother pressed charges. He fled. He fled to Belarusia, right? He knew that his time was up. And and then her story got picked up on a magazine there, and and uh, and then a television network wanted to get involved as well. And this guy, who would want to be this guy, right? <laughs> his life's over, whether he goes to jail or not. But the story is allowing women everywhere to open up about their experiences and they're all of a sudden going, oh, my God, someone else has endured what I've gone through. And I think that's a really powerful metaphor for life, you know, owning what has happened to us. Yes, it hurts. My God, it hurts. But ask for help and ask for help so that you can remain strong, not so that you appear weak and keep asking for help until you get it.
0: Well and the ability to tell the story in a different way, right? The ability to own it and say it's not my fault. Right. But but not in a victim way, in a way that says, I'm I'm taking away his power that he used over me and I'm rewriting this story as a victory for me. Bingo. Yeah, so good. Can, please tell her that just send our, send our good vibrations and and love to her because so, so good. Right. Um, She,
1: she, and she'll feel this. She'll feel this without even hearing this. I'll be sure to tell her anyway. She'll know, she'll know, she'll feel it. And, uh, And uh, you know what a great story it'll be if we can if we can make a baby. You know where we've moved to in Riviera Maya in Mexico is regarded as one of the most fertile places on the planet for making babies. Right? What's the chance that what's the likelihood of that? Nice. So fingers crossed for us. And if it doesn't happen, we'll figure out another way. We'll adopt. And if we still can't adopt, we'll steal a child or something. I don't know. We'll figure (laughs) it out.
0: All right. Wait. Wait a minute. (laughs) right you know what I think it's the good things are going to happen and, and the right thing is going to happen whether that's an adoption or, or her becoming pregnant that that's going to happen because you're you're making it happen and that's so fantastic. So what what's the big dream, Laven? Besides having a baby, obviously.
1: The the big dream is I want to impact a million people with the gift of unlimited courage. And when my computer goes to sleep at night, that's the screensaver that comes up. Because if a, if a million people were going around doing what I'm doing, then the world would be a very different place. We, we, we need 4% of a population to protest. And there's studies that show this. You only need four percent of the population of the of the uh, the area to protest to make change with whatever they're protesting about, whether it be Vietnam, you know, civil rights, women's rights, whatever in the history. Once you go over a certain percentage, it, it's scientifically just has that that waterfall effect, and uh, and I, I I love seeing the response from people when they decide to to do something that really puts themselves out of their comfort zone and then it pays off, right? And even if it doesn't, but when it, when it does pay off and, they, and they, you know, they get someone magical on their podcast that, that, that's a hero of theirs or you know, they meet the person of their dream or they have the confidence to lose the weight or they put an autoimmune disease into remission or they complete an ultramarathon or whatever it might be, they write a book. You know, they ask for an endorsement or they get a, you know, a forward written by someone that they really admire. Like how good is life? How ah, just how good is life when you see other people that get to experience what I get to experience on a frequent
0: basis? Well, it's what we were created for. I absolutely believe human beings were put on this planet to help each other. And when we, when we choose to do that, when we choose to rise above all the chaos and rise above all the crud and just help each other, the world is, a, is so much better, right? And so choosing to impact the world and affect massive positive transformation, you, you can't go wrong. This isn't, and and what's really cool is you study people like Wallace D. Waddles and Napoleon Hill and James Allen who wrote their books before science has confirmed these things about thinking and the power of vibration and the brain is sending and receiving unit and now science is coming back with MRI scans and, and, and quantum physics and all the proof that all these things these guys were teaching 150 years ago is absolutely true. And that's the reason that it works when you put it into practice.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that statement. And, uh, and I think we're living in the best time in history for this. To, to <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Like, you know, it's just well, it's here remarkable. you
0: are. Here I am in Colorado, and you are in Mexico, and from Melbourne, and we're having this fantastic conversation. <laughs> and and we're gonna and this podcast goes out to the whole world that that gets the opportunity to to hear that. And so I'm so thankful for you taking the time, being so vulnerable, and sharing with us. And uh, the fact that I had the opportunity to interview the world's best courage coach is amazing. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, the, I mean, the pleasure is all mine, Robin, and, and uh, what an honor it is to be to be sharing this moment with you and 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 the audience today. And I, uh, you know, for people that want to know more about me, I'd love for you to read the book. It, it is brilliant, and not just my opinion, right? Um, I, I poured my heart and soul into writing something that I that I knew could help a lot of people. And, and really my main mission, I suppose, if you ask me what I'm, what my priorities are right now is to get this book into the hands of as many people as possible, men, women, chi- well, maybe not children, cause there's some uh, X-rated stuff in there, but, uh, you know, like 15 upwards, 14 or 15 upwards and, um, it'll, it'll allow you to be okay with what you've done.
0: We will absolutely put it in the description. Um, maybe I'll even find a way to give away a couple of copies when we release the episode if somebody likes and shares and, and posts it on social.
1: Yeah, fantastic. We can do that. We could uh, organize for a couple of signed copies maybe. There's a first edition that's just come out. Uh, we recorded the Audible book in in Berlin uh, in in October, which was very exciting, with one of Europe's top sound engineers who recorded uh, Elton John's autobiography in German, Eric wow. Wittenberg. So it's, uh,
0: no, <laughs> it's gotta... you, you did that. You did that in Australian, not in Spanish, right?
1: No, it's in, it's in English. It's in English. We, but we're going to get it translated into different languages and, um, you know, we'll give that some time, but we'll get the book out. It's available on Amazon everywhere now. And, uh, yeah, I'm very proud of what I've put out. So.
0: Thank you, Levin. I appreciate you taking the time today. And I just trust me, you've elevated my vibration and you've inspired me to be the world's best mindset coach.
1: There we go, team. There we go. The world's best mindset coach coming at you
0: live. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Andy Storch shares about creating content consistent with your personal brand. Your brand is your reputation. It is who you are and how you show up in the world. You can give your energy to positive activities and create communities where people can be filled up. Put yourself out there in an authentic way that serves others.